Welcome in, one and all, on a glorious Wednesday. <laughs> At least the sun's out, right? That's got to brighten your day a little bit. Got to make you feel a little bit better. Get some of that, uh, whatever that vitamin is, that K or whatever the hell that stuff is. It makes you makes you feel a little bit better. So uh, good to have you on board today on a Wednesday. Uh, Packers have their quarterback. The extension signed yesterday. New York is getting Randall Cobb. Brewers uh, fall in a heartbreaker last night. And uh, you've also got uh, some good NBA games that uh, were played last evening and are on tap. So uh, not a bad way to go. Ben, how you doing today? Good. Man, a few words today. There you go. I like that. <laughs> no, I'm happy, Bill. Uh, Joel Embiid won MVP, which is, you know, Kind of cool. saw that coming. I, yeah, kinda saw I'm happy coming. for him. I think it's deserved. Whether people like him as a player or not, um, his path to where he's gotten is very impressive. Yeah. Um, I do want to address one thing today specifically, and that is the uh, over the last 24 hours, pretty much since we – I uh, talked about Jordan Love yesterday. And I remember we you had given me the statistics. You had said, what if he had, what, 3,200 yards, 20-something touchdowns, 12 interceptions or something like that, right? It was uh, Aaron Rodgers' stat line from last year, which is uh, 36, 95 yards, 12 interceptions, 26 touchdowns. Okay. So would I be okay with that? And... Uh, you know, we talked about it and how you, you, you come about that. So there's obviously, um, you, you know, how you get from point A to point B is is something that you have to consider. But uh, getting, I, I digress a little bit. Yesterday, I had quite a few people jump on the Jordan Love, yeah, um, well, compare him to Aaron Rodgers in his rookie season, and the record fan club. Uh, and, and I look, I understand that there are a lot of people with a lot of optimism, okay? For, I, I, I shouldn't even say optimism. I think it's hope. You hope. I think we all hope. As Packers fans, we all hope. We all hope that Jordan loves a real deal. We all hope that he's the next, uh, next guy in line successively uh, for the Packers that um, is able to, to take them to a championship. I, I think we're all in that boat together um, because it for, for a couple of reasons. Personally, it'd be great to see the team that we root for, we cheer for, play extremely well, find themselves in a postseason in a relatively weak or weaker uh, NFC, and I think we'd all be giddy over that. However, um, I, I look at it from from a, a personal pr- perspective. It's one thing. From a professional's perspective, I hope they do extremely well because anytime the Packers are in it, it's it's great for our business. It's what we do. It's it's what leads the state of Wisconsin and really beyond the borders if you're in Packers Nation. But uh, you know, I go back to years ago when they did, and I've talked about this time and again. They did. The, there, was a, there was a marketing firm in the state that wanted to know what catchphrases and keywords were for politics when it was a presidential campaign. And before health care, before education, before taxes, before employment, 
be, before infrastructure, before schools, be, you know, I mean, all of that, before all of that, the number one thing that got people going was Green Bay Packers, was Packers, the word Packers, which is why every candidate came, that came through the state of Wisconsin had something in reference to the Green Bay Packers in their speeches because it was a, a, a trip trigger. So it's what we all pay attention to. And I know, look, people say, talk Brewers, talk Bucks, talk Badgers, talk Marquette, talk UWM, talk whatever, talk, you know, ski jumping, whatever it happens to be. Whatever your fascination is, curling in the state of Wisconsin is pretty big because of the northern states. I I get all of that. But the number one thing that brings everybody together is the Green Bay Packers. So uh, professionally and personally, I hope they do extremely well. That being said, the whole thing of don't have an expectation because of what Rodgers' first year looked like I'm I'm not buying that. I there are two different people, there are two different coaches, there are two different general managers. The whole organization basically has been rolled over short of Mark Murphy. Everything is different. Everything is different. So uh, the, the strength and conditioning staff is different. The assistants are different. PR is is for the most part different. There's just so many things that have changed within that building. Marketing is different. Hell, the world we live in is different. The Internet is different. Twitter is different. I mean, everything is different. So I'm not going to get into that specific comparison. I know that's what we like to do because we kind of grasp towards statistics. Like if Jordan Love ends up with a, you know, Aaron Rodgers' first year, 6-10. and 10. If Jordan Love ends up with like a 6-11 a, a and, and, and 11 season or a 7-9 and nine season or, some, or something like that, or 7-10 and 10 season, like that's going to mean something. Like the next year we're on our way to a Super Bowl. I'm not going there. What, I, what, what I've been preaching and what I've said over and over and over and over and over again basically is you just, you, you got to watch, you, you got to trust your eyes. You got to see what you see. And it's like yesterday, what if he ends up with this amount of statistics? Like, you know, Ben just read off. And I'd say, well, that was kind of a subpar year. It was not great for Aaron Rodgers. You would like to see the completion percentage much higher, you know, 4 or 5% higher at least, you know. Maybe the touchdown-interception ratio, a little bit wider margin. But it depends on how you get there. Does he have a lot of picks? Okay, suppose he ends up with 15 picks, but it's because of young wide receivers, and the ball is right there in their hands, but it's bouncing off their hands and into the air. Well, that's not Jordan Love's fault. I'm not going to criticize him for that. But if he's throwing picks right to, because he can't look off coverage, he's throwing it right to defenders who are disguising defense and he can't read it, well, that's a whole different story. So that's the reason I'm not, you know, I, I got a couple of them here. This was from Jeff, and then this was from Mr. Brewer. Uh, and both said, you know, and, and kind of I'm paraphrasing here, so pardon me. But it, basically, uh, Mr. Brewer says kind of what Jeff says. He says, uh, aren't you coming down a little bit hard on Jordan Love? Don't you think you need to give him an opportunity to actually prove himself and to get some wins? I mean, after all, Aaron Rodgers went 6-10. and 10. I'd be happy with that out of Love because then Love would be following in the same footsteps Aaron Rodgers did. And wrong you just don't know how you're going to get there if they do exactly the same thing have exactly the same statistics with you know very similar circumstances then i'll feel pretty good about it but if they end up six and ten and say jordan love has a fantastic year but the defense absolutely positively sucks or say jordan love doesn't have a great year but the offensive line is decimated by injuries and there's no protection and he's taking a beating let's say jordan love goes out in the second game of the season and comes back in game 10 and they end up, you know, 6-11. and 11. Well, it's a completely different, different set of circumstances. The record doesn't mean anything. 
I mean, it does ultimately to find yourself in the postseason or where you're going to end up drafting one of the two. But overall, it doesn't mean anything because you got to trust your eyes to what it is you see, the growth you see, the maturity you see, the ability to put the ball into a tight window that you see, the guys around him that you see. So that's why I get that people are reaching for the comparisons because that's what we do. I don't fault anybody for that. That's what we do. We try to compare numbers. We try. That's the only thing we have to go by is statistics. But to blanketly say if he does this, this is the way he'll be, I think is erroneous. And that's what some people want to do, paint it with a broad brush like that. So, anyway, um, I, I just I, – I think it's it, – it's, it, it's just interesting how there's this rolling – this slow rolling ball now. Rodgers is gone. That's sunk in. We've moved on, okay? Now it's focusing on Jordan Love, and now there's this slow rolling ball of – Jordan Love's pretty good. Look what he did last year. Look how he's grown. Look at the optimism. Boy, they picked up some good tight ends. They've got pass catchers now. They picked up some wide receivers. Jaden Reed's going to be better than everybody thinks he is. Christian Watson in his second year. Romeo Dobbs, Samari Torre. They're going to fortify. Whoa, it's starting to roll. And all I'm saying is, is I hope it rolls in the direction you want it to. I'm just going to slow my roll on this because I want to actually see it. Yesterday, um, Ryan Clark, Marcus Spears, on uh, I believe it was on ESPN yesterday, had this to say in regards to all of this. This was smart on Jordan Love's part to say, okay, team, how can I help you? How can we make this at least be something that we're working together on? And if you're the team, you're not butt booty naked come next year offseason at the starting quarterback position. I want to hit another point because now we're coming off of an era with one of the all-time greatest quarterbacks to ever play. I'm a, this message is for Green Bay fans. Don't quantify Jordan Love by numbers. Don't look at the stats. He's not going to be that. Quantify Jordan Love by the handle that he has on the offense, by how much respect he garners from his teammate, about how much command he has in football games. Mistakes will be made. This is the hardest position to play in a league that is so high leverage every time you step out on the field. He will make yeah. mistakes. But you can find out if Jordan is the future for your franchise beyond throwing for 35 touchdowns and beyond throwing for 4,500 yards. You can figure a lot of that out about how he handles particular situations. And I'm looking forward to seeing how he does. There you go. That's from two guys that played the game. I completely agree. Completely agree. You, you can't judge Jordan Love strictly on statistics. I mean, if he comes out and throws for 4,500 yards, 40 touchdowns, five interceptions, seven interceptions, and just sets the world on fire, completion percentage of 69% or better, you're like, wow, what a season. What an amazing season. No doubt about it. I mean, that, that is a, a very positive way of looking at, at statistically looking at Jordan Love. But what I'm saying is, is that if there is adversity, if there is, and I'm I'm assuming there will be some ups and downs, then it's how you handle it, how he handles it. I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, thoughts eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Good to have you on board today again. If you want to hit us up on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels, you can follow me there at Bill underscore Michaels. Follow Ben at Ben Z Kenny. Add Ben Z. Kenny. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. 
in both ways, Instagram and Facebook, uh, The Bill Michael Show. The Bill Michael Show. You can subscribe for free if you want to watch the program every day on YouTube and on Twitch TV. Uh, simply Bill Michaels Show. Uh, you can email the program, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. That is thebillmichaels at gmail.com. Thebillmichaels.com is the website. And if you kind of want to take us somewhere, anywhere and any, everywhere, anywhere in the, in the States, overseas, whatever, download the app. Go to WOZN, The Zone Madison, The Zone Madison, and you can just download the app on your uh, on your mobile device and uh, take us all over the place. You can also listen to the po- uh, podcast after the fact on Spotify, Apple iTunes, and on Google Podcasts as well. Great ways to find us. Angie says, as a Packers fan, I am praying that Jordan Love is the real deal. However, I'm going to give him a little bit of time. What is a fair amount? Is it next year and the year after, or is Three years as a starter, and then he will develop into his own person. Remember, Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl in his third year. Um, okay, I I remember that, Angie. I was there. I get it. The first year was a learning experience. The second year, they got to the postseason. Remember, they got beat by Arizona. They played the Cardinals in uh, Week 16, won, went back to Arizona, got beat in an absolute shootout. Uh, in overtime, uh, a sack of Aaron Rodgers, fumble of the football, ball goes into the end zone, Arizona wins, and they go on to win uh, the Super Bowl with Kurt Warner and company. Uh, and then the next year, the Packers come back, and they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers down at AT&T Stadium, and they walk away with the Lombardi Trophy. I'm not saying that's the, traje- the tra- uh, trajectory that uh, Jordan Love is going. I'm just simply saying just follow it. He should get better every year. Rodgers should get better every year. Rodgers still should get better. Every year. You know, if you work on your craft and as you gain more and more and more knowledge, you see more and more things, more and more things become familiar to you. You have the ability to decipher more and more intellectually along the way. I mean, your physical skills are always going to be there. The only thing as you age is the you have to make sure you keep your legs under you. You know, such as Rogers learned a couple of off seasons ago. But I'm just saying, yeah, he should get better each and every year. If he doesn't or there's stagnation, then you're going to have a decision to make. If he has a terrible season this year, you give him the next season. You give him 2024. If he has another terrible season, then you know you've made a mistake. But I'll say this. You better have more highlights than lowlights this year. He's had three years to sit behind one of the best. He's had three years to absorb this system. It shouldn't be completely unfamiliar to him. He's got guys in that locker room that want to work their ass off for him. There, there should be no reason that he doesn't have more highlights than lowlights this season. I'm not saying there won't be lowlights, but I'm saying that there's, there's no reason he shouldn't have more highlights than lowlights. You know? So there you go. And, and, Ronald, you're right. He said you can't really do a three-year uh, comparison due to the makeup of the teams. Love's team makeup will be considerably younger with talent that uh, – you know, uh, with the lack of talent that Rodgers had in his third year. Remember the bevy of receivers he had. You know, he had Brian Balaga that came in and filled in for Mark Tauscher. Mark Tauscher was your uh, your tack, your right tackle. You had uh, Chad Clifton as your big left tackle. You had a staunch offensive line. You had Jordy. You had Greg. You had Donald. You had James. You had your Michael Finley as a tight end. I mean, you had a bevy of weapons. And, and in addition to that, you had Charles Woodson. 
you don't have a Charles Woodson on this roster right now, at least not right now. Maybe somebody develops into that. Maybe a guy like Quay Walker takes that next leap forward. Maybe Devontae Wyatt becomes just a beast with Kenny Clark up front, you know. Maybe, you know, uh, Luke Van Ness. Lucas Van Ness just becomes a beast on the outside and has an incredible rookie season only to expound upon that in year number two. I mean, maybe that happens, but when Rodgers took over, he, he, he took over a pretty damn good football team. So, 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. At Quick Trip right now, you stop in, you use your Quick Rewards card. You can even buy some iGogs, uh, some sunglasses. Some, it's right there. The displays are right there when you walk in the door. Go to iGogs. You pick them up. You use your Quick Rewards card. You are automatically, automatically entered to possibly win a couple of Sea-Doo personal watercrafts. Not kidding. Sea-Doo personal watercrafts. That's what they're giving away. You'll be entered to win the Sea-Doo personal watercraft sweepstakes. You can win a pair of 2023 Sea-Doo Spark uh, from uh, from Quick Trip. So visit your Quick Rewards app for a lot more of the details. The contest ends at the end of this month. Of course it does because they want to get you all of this now so you have a time have time to enjoy it all throughout the uh, the year so get all of our friends over there quick trip you download the quick rewards app if you don't have it already get involved get yourself some igogs and you're going to be good to go more of the bill michael show coming up covering wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network There's a place in West Bend, Wisconsin, called Kane and Kane Jewelry. Uh, jewelry. If you're looking for anniversary yeah, gifts, engagement rings, wedding rings, earrings, necklaces, you name it, uh, when it comes to jewelry, they uh, have a vast selection, and they're great people. Uh, just uh, as they say, just come on in and let us rock your world. Rock your world. Uh, that is our friends at Kane. K O E H N. KaneJewelry.com. That is KaneJewelry.com, and Andy has, uh, if you go to KaneJewelry.com at the bottom of the page, he's got the Buy Like a Guy podcast, and uh, it really is pretty entertaining. He does a lot of different stuff with whiskeys, bourbons, uh, just guy stuff in general, and then obviously buying jewelry. So if you're uh, looking for something good, it is worth the trip, as many have said, uh, going to uh, going to Kane and Kane Jewelry in West Bend. Um. The uh, Chris says, let Rodgers have all the guys he couldn't get do- get it done with here in Packerland. Who cares? Plus, I'll guarantee that before the Jets signed Rodgers, they somehow stipulated that he attends the earliest camp plus OTAs. Ben, now correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Pat McAfee show, did Rodgers do that yesterday? That is my understanding. I cannot say I viewed it live nor afterwards now it happened around three or four o'clock yesterday but he did say or at least it was reported that he said that he was going to attend at least half of the workouts correct me if i'm wrong yep that's what i saw so he's not going to attend all of them remember in june he's got the he's the keynote speaker in the hallucinogenic ayahuasca mushroom thing whatever the hell it is uh and i'm not making fun of it i can't remember what the name of it is specifically but he is the keynote speaker one of the keynote speakers in this hallucinogenic convention so he is not going to be there for the otas because he's going to do that um well can't you wait for uh, and and not to look too far over that fence 
But I can't wait to read the reaction of the New York media. Rogers is not at an OTA because he is speaking about hallucinogenic drugs. I, I you don't you feel there's got to be a reaction? There will be a reaction. I think they're in such a such a perfect honeymoon phase right now that I don't know how angry of a reaction there will be because there aren't any scars there, right? It's not as if he's coming off a a disappointment in any way. Like, this is the first time they've been relevant in 15 years. Yeah. You you are 100% spot on. There is a honeymoon period going on right now that is, well, we probably haven't seen it there since Brett Favre went there. I saw it compared to the Luke Fickle honeymoon phase of Wisconsin. And while they're happening on different stages, I think it's a good comparison. Because neither have played a game yet. Yet everything is perfect in both scenarios because they haven't had to play a game yet. Um, I don't know if that's a good comparison. I don't know if that's a good comparison. I, I think because Luke Fickle has already proven what it is he can do, not necessarily on the field, but just in the garnering of players via the transfer portal and getting guys to look over the fence to say, I want to go to Wisconsin. I think we're all extremely excited. And he came in and made sweeping changes. I think we're already excited because of the changes that have been made. Rodgers has just walked through the door and thrown some footballs. He brought some guys from the transfer portal. Yeah. Randall Cobb. <laughs> okay, let's go Let's go with you got Luke Fickle bringing in quarterbacks, new, young, wide receivers, guys that might have been looking at other big-time colleges and looking at committed to other areas, and they're coming there because of Luke Fickle to begin their careers. Where Aaron Rodgers is bringing in the, the trusted and or geriatric phase to say, I need somebody of my own age around me. I see you no know? difference. I don't know about you. There was no wish list, though, Bill. No list of demands. Didn't exist. Thomas, Thomas over on the uh, over on the live stream, that's great. He says, I am 100%, 50% all in. <laughs> that's exactly right. I'm 100% in when I'm here. <laughs> yeah. When I'm not here, I'm going to be off doing other things. I've got a life to live, for gosh sakes, you know? How much are you paying me? <laughs> well, if you're paying me $40 million more than that, then I'd be 100% all in. It's like when your wife looks at you and says, are you cheating on me? And you're like, no, not at this moment. <laughs> it's like, okay, you're full of crap. You know, that's kind of the way you look at it. No, I, no, I'm not doing that. Come on, man. Not at this moment. There you go. Um, 877-867-1670. Uh, Greg says, uh, Rogers is going to get to the playoffs for the Jets, but uh, choke like always. Um, this one's from uh, Anthony, who says, I, I think Rogers makes them a better team. However, they're not even the best team in their division. What is the reality in New York when just Rogers chokes away the end? Um, I, I've said the same thing. I don't know. I don't know. It, I, on one hand, I will I pay attention? And that's probably... 
Uh, and this is from uh, this is from Jason, who says, uh, "Will you be paying attention to the New York Jets? Are you a fan now?" I'm not a fan, but I did watch when Brett Favre went there. I'd, I'd be lying if I said I didn't. I did pay attention to what Favre's lines were, um, to what they were doing, wins, losses, and things like that. Uh, I did pay attention to the postgame pressers to see what was being said and if I'm not necessarily looking for like backhanded slaps towards, you know, the Packers or anything, but I did listen to what Favre said because there was some, you know, much like Rogers, there was some hypocrisy there. You know, it's not what was being said here. It's not that I think when, as a fan, if you've got a guy that gives you everything, I mean, just gives you everything right up until the very end. And, and maybe it just financially doesn't work out anymore. And you're just like, you know what, I think we might want to go in a different direction because maybe we're going to get younger. I, You can completely respect that. I may not agree with it, but I respect it. But in this particular sense, this was kind of almost a a forced bucket of emotion of almost ill will when there didn't really need to be. And to go from, I don't need to be there, I don't need to do this, I don't need to build relationships in the offseason, it's all about getting to training camp, only to hear you then say, it's about building relationships, it's about team building, some of the best relationships and some of the best team building is done right now, while the OTAs and the, and the mini camps are going on, and it's like, whoa, wait a minute, complete hypocrisy. So that's some of the stuff that I heard out of Favre. That's the only reason I listened. Otherwise, you know what you're getting. There's nothing new there. Nothing to see. Uh, 877-867-1600. Hit us up. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You want to catch the shuttle bus over? Our friends at Steny, second to National Walker's Point. They're going to be running shuttle buses tonight. So go down, get some good food, get some beverages in you. Head over to the UW Panther Arena. Get rowdy, get crazy, as playoff hockey always is. And then you got yourself a ride back uh, over to Steny's, and you're good to go from there. And uh, also, congratulations to Steny's and their, uh, their hockey league, their hockey team. They ended up winning the championship. So uh, way to go uh, to all the, the, the gang down there at Steny's. Ryan Stenstrup and everybody. They ended up kicking ass again this year. That's a strong hockey program they have down there. It's a big-time hockey bar. If you're a hockey enthusiast, that's a great great place to go. But they run shuttles to everything, including when the Brewers come back home. So there you go. Steny, second national Walker's Point in uh, in Milwaukee. Speaking of, uh, of Brewers, Brewers lose last night 3-2. to two, And Peralta had a, a, a nice game. Uh, again, Ben, we see the pitch clock um, eliminated at bat. Are you in favor of this? Because the argument was, if I remember correctly, that Craig Council was saying, look, the pitch clock didn't start properly. It started too quick. And Winker is got one foot in the box. He's looking down. The clock strikes seven. He has not engaged the pitcher at that point, which if you don't engage the pitcher and say, okay, let's bring it, then you the pitcher doesn't have his seven seconds to get the sign, whatever it may be to then, you know, come to the the ready and then kick and fire. That's about a seven-second interval. 
So Winker was called out on strikes because he did not engage the pitcher with seven seconds remaining on the pitchcock. Do you like that? Well, the way he's hitting, what's the difference, right? Correct. Uh, but, I, I mean, listen, it's kind of dystopian to see at-bats be completed, whether it's a walk or a strikeout, without a pitch being thrown. It's odd to see. It's not necessarily the reason I don't like the pitch clock. Like, okay, if that's the rule, then adapt to the rule. If you have to be in the box by eight seconds, right. get in the box. Just, like, take away all the other stuff you normally do. What I have trouble with is more uh, the, the pickoffs and the limited pickoffs. And when guys like get that, on yeah. base, just the pitcher's ability, again, to step off and slow the game down a bit. It feels right. like once, you, once you're headed towards the edge of the cliff, if you're a pitcher, there's no way to take a step and, you know, get off the road. It just feels yeah. like you're head on pitches down the middle until they hit it. You don't have that breather moment. And every pitcher, every batter has had it where you're in a big moment or you're in a clutch situation, whether it's in the first inning or the eighth inning or the ninth inning, and things are starting to go in a different direction. And you just need that minute to step out, breathe for a second, gather yourself, and then get back in. It seems like that pitch clock will not allow you that. And and like we said, I mean, the games are flying anyway, so maybe um, hindsight being what it is, maybe they go back an additional five seconds in that pitch clock and go from 15 to 20 or something like that. And like that whole that. thing about the pickoffs over at first base, I'm not I'm not in favor of that at all. I, I think that's a ridiculous rule. Well, that's a breather uh, moment. That's a, Pitchers use that as a way to slow the game down. That's part of their strategy. I That and the fact that it has given, don't get me wrong, the effect has been, the byproduct has been that the base runners have been stealing more bases. Factually, in Major League Baseball, there's been more action on the base pass because of it. Because you throw over once, you know the pitcher most likely, if he comes over one more time, first of all, he can't come over again unless he knows he has you, and most pitchers aren't going to do that. Um, but it, you see that pitch clock and it see it winding down, and if he hasn't made that move to come to first, you're off and running. It's kind of like having a defensive end watching the clock in the end zone strike zero knowing you got to snap the football so either the whistle's going to blow or you're going to get across the line if the ball snapped and you're going to end up getting a, a free shot at the quarterback it, it's giving the offensive opponent opponent an advantage um in baseball so i'm not a big fan of of the the, the clock when it or not the clock but the throw over to second or throw over to first and you're only allowed that second throw and that's it um but the byproduct has been what more people like is They've seen more action on the base paths. And there's something extremely exciting about base stealing. There's something extremely exciting about, you know, continued action, putting the ball in play, you know, getting more and more and more opportunities. Now, what it's hurt, obviously, is beer sales, hot dog sales, and everything else that goes along with it. So we all know that. But, um, yeah, I'm. that's the only one of these rules that I'm not overwhelmingly in favor of. That and the dumbass rule of extra innings and putting a guy in second base. That I don't care for either. Because you've sped the game up. You've created more action. Why negate the actual play of the game by putting a guy on second in extra innings? That doesn't seem to to have uh, uh It brings a up a perfect for. opportunity to bunt. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So that dialogue never dies. And now that, you, now that you don't have the shift, I'm sure more people want to do that. So I would argue fewer people should. 
when it comes down uh, to Terry says both teams have the same advantage. Yeah, but I don't like it. I don't like it for either team. And they also have the same handicaps. You have to get the ball over. You know, you have to pitch the ball in a certain amount of time, and you cannot throw the ball over uh, to first base more than two times. So, yeah, right. Uh, Jason says baseball is not meant to be timed. It is to a certain extent because some pitchers work relatively quick. There are some pitchers, as they have been nicknamed the human rain delay, they take forever. And that's part of their shtick is just taking forever and not allowing any kind of a team to get into a rhythm offensively against them. Um, but I am the, – the game has gone – they have almost cut the ball in, in, uh, in playtime in half. It was six minutes, if I'm correct in this, and I'm trying to go back in my memory, it was six minutes, 31 seconds for actual ball in play like a couple of years ago. This year – it is, I think it's like four minutes. Three and a half to four minutes for ball and play. I'm, I I think that's awesome. It has really grabbed the attention of those that are going to the games. And people that I've talked to that enjoy baseball have said they like the game more. Everybody's watching the clock. They're watching the clock. They're watching the pitcher. They're watching the batter. You know, you're, you're kind of involved in that aspect of the game as opposed to a pitcher walking around in the back of the mound, batters grabbing their crotch, grabbing their blowing snot, grabbing their batting gloves every at-bat, stepping out, digging back in, calling for time, then getting set. You know, you're on your phone. You're ordering pizza, maybe, you know, ordering a side, new siding for your house, putting a roof on your home, whatever, you know. Because there was so much time. Now there's not. Now it's just action, action, action. And that's what I appreciate about it. There's some rules that I could do without, though. Uh, 877-867-1670. Jason said, I've adjusted to the clock. I'm definitely not a fan of the uh, synthetic crap. Not throwing to first. Ghost runners uh, on base and extra innings, et cetera, et cetera. That I agree with. Uh, Agree with extra innings. Great Dane GB says, uh, with time saved now for back to the old rule, uh, and earn your runs, hate it that the players play one way all uh, of the first nine innings and then do it a different way after that. Um, Will Tell says, next, do away with the umpires, especially balls and strikes. I'm not in favor of that. I like the human element. It gives us something to argue about. If everything's robotic, there's nothing to argue about. There's nothing left for speculation. You know? Um, I, I still, I still, I, I miss the days of umpires arguing with managers. I miss the days of umpires, you know, being called into question for a ball down the line that they call foul and it's actually fair or vice versa. You know, I, I miss those days. Everything's antiseptic now. It just is. Now it, you know, Ben, for, like, your generation, you've had pretty much instant replay your entire life, right? I'm looking up the definition of antiseptic. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, not really. Kind of. For the last decade, I think. Yeah. And I, it started with the home runs, which is fine. Whatever. I would, if you had to present it to me, do you want all the instant replay we have now or no instant replay in sports at all? I would love for instant replay to just leave generally speaking, 
Yes. Like, you look at basketball, especially that sport. I don't care about who it went off last. Like, it totally hijacks the final two minutes when every single right. play is being reviewed. Kind of disrupts the flow. So, Correct. while it's been around for a while, I don't love it. But you kind of you take the good with the bad, I guess. I I like uh, home run calls. I like fair or foul. Um, but the review of every play, wasn't it supposed to be originally like two challenges and that was it? And now it seems like any play that's even close is going to be looked at. Oh, they get a crew chief via, review going. Yeah, yeah. Via, base, via baseball. I think it's garbage. Again, baseball, if you really want to change some things, put I, – I don't know how loud i got to yell it. Put one particular replay person in each booth in each stadium. And you look at it, and you buzz the home plate umpire, just like college. Why is it that college football can figure this out? Nobody else can. Everybody else is this cranious, reckless, invertus dumbass. They cannot figure that out for whatever reason. We, we see it at home. We see it at home before the pitch clock goes. You know, you've got your 15, 20 seconds. We see it at home. If the guy upstairs wants to take a look at it real quick, just buzz the home plate umpire. Buzz him once. The timer goes on. He's got 20 seconds or 30 seconds to look at it. Nothing happens. Okay, the home plate umpire, off he goes. If if there is a review or some cha- something that needs to be changed, you buzz him again. I, this is not difficult. And the technology is there. We've proven it. They've proven it. But for whatever reason, they are just defiant, insistently, obstinately, arrogant, defiant that they will ever do something like that. Just... I, and I don't know why. It's really easy. And it eliminates all of this top-of-the-dugout stair-climbing crap and, you know, home plate umpires and crew chiefs and guys running in. And just one – the home plate umpire has a buzzer on him, two buzzers on him, in case the first buzzer fails. That's it. Or a red light goes on in the outfield. Something, you know? A red light. Like, you know, you've got a flashing red light that goes on in the outfield. My God, you got people in Houston banging on garbage cans. Somebody can bang on a garbage can and let an umpire know, hey, we're taking a look at this. Just hang on a second. Stand there, blow a bubble or two, but don't go to the headset until we tell you. You know, it's so anyway. Where do we put the buzzer, more importantly? (sighs) Tell you where I like to put it. (laughs) But it depends on the umpire, maybe. Rob Manfred would buzz right off of his seat. But anyway. I've gone off on a tangent. My apologies. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hey, the oldest operating, continuously operating motor track in the world is right here in Union Grove, Wisconsin. It's called Great Lakes Dragaway. If you have the need for speed, the 2023 season passes are on sale right now. All you got to do is go to greatlakesdragaway.com. That's greatlakesdragaway.com. Dot com and check it out for yourself. GreatLakesDragaway.com. And whether you want to run a motorcycle, whether you want to run a car, maybe you've been, you're a car person, you've been souping one up for a while, head on down to the track, you and your buddies. If you want to do that, you can rent the track for a few hours or for an entire day. Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, and a proud supporter of our motorcycle ride benefiting Fisher House, Wisconsin, coming up on Sunday, September 3rd. More information coming in the next week on that as well. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Michael Show. Cranking it out. Speaking of cranking it out, coming up this Friday night, always a good time whenever you get a chance to go for the fish fry out at Stoley's Hog Alley in Lake Country, Oconomowoc to be exact. And uh, also Stoll's Old 109 out in Watertown, whether it's great burgers, pizzas, the best fish fry around, terrific atmosphere. Stoley's Hog Alley on Venice Beach Road in Oconomowoc or Stoll's Old 109 on County Road R out in Watertown. You cannot go wrong. Good stuff from both uh, both of our friends out there. Um, Got a couple of, uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, James says, nice, the Sturgis thing could be sweet. Uh, yeah, if you watch on the live stream, um, Jesse James Dupree from the band Jackal, who uh, also has the Full Throttle show on, I think it's Discovery Channel or something to that effect, and, uh, you know, they, they run Pappy Hoyle Campground and such in Sturgis. We're going to be out there uh, the first week of, um, of August and uh, going to be heading out there. So if you uh, want to make room, all you got to do is call them up and tell them that you heard it here on the program, and they give you a bit of a discount. So if you're thinking about going uh, via RV, campsite, whatever, uh, get a hold of them, and uh, they'll they'll give you a little bit of a deal as uh, we're bringing a bunch of listeners. They keep ex- expanding that campground, too. So we're going to be on the air out there, I think, for a couple of days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Monday, Tuesday, something like that, and uh, it should be a fun time. Last year was hot. Oof. The one day, because where we, we, we sit, we're up top. We're on top of the campground uh, building. Uh, which is a big deck that overlooks the front entrance near um, the Pappy Hoyle campground. And you can see the full throttle and then the butte in the background. It's a beautiful setting, but it's all a tin building. And last year was 103 degrees by the time we got off the air on Wednesday. And it was underneath where we were sitting was like 110. It was brutal, brutal heat. So uh, hopefully this year it's not quite as hot, but I'll take the heat any damn day of the week. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. That's from David. David says, uh, hey, guys, uh, what about Major League Baseball getting rid of all umpires? If we're going to go to this balls and strikes quiz tech machine, why don't we just get rid of umpires and let the television cameras make the call? See, I'm not in favor of that. I, I I know the objective is to get it right. I understand that. But, and, and of all sports, baseball is probably one that you could do it in. I understand that. But I, I, I still, I'm a fan of human, the human element. It, it's, that's just... The, the, you know, I know, you know, the old adage is people don't pay to see the umpires. Yeah, we do to a certain extent. You love that, you know, you, 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 you want that big call. You know, there's a couple of umpires that have big calls that, whether it's strike calls, ball calls, your out calls, safe, you know, just all of that. You, you wait for that anticipation. There's that split second in time in which a bang, bang play happens. And they're coming to the plate, and here comes the throw. Like last night, Tyrone Taylor, a big throw from the outfield. Last night, and you know, and you're waiting for that call, and you see, you see that umpire give the out sign or that safe sign, and you know, you're not looking to a to the jumbotron to see if it says out or safe. You know, you're not. You're looking for that that call. You're looking for that enthusiastic element of 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 the human touch. 
At least that's me. Look, I, I, I could be wrong. You know, maybe others feel differently out there. Maybe I'm still somewhat old school in that sense. But I think if, if you make everything very sterile, it loses its attraction. It's just like when we see two football officials look at one another for a moment just to see, hey, did he hang on to the ball on your side? Yeah, he hung on to the ball on my side. Okay, it's a touchdown. And then we all go crazy, you know? Um, I, I, I think that human element is a necessity. I just, I appreciate that. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's, it's not an easy job. You know, it's, it's not an easy job. One hour down, we got three yet to go. Brewers taking on the chin last night. Uh, last night, back at it again tonight. Ben is giddy with anticipation for tonight. Last night, you had a good one, even though I hated the outcome. Got a lot to get to. Randall Cobb is going to New York, by the way, in case you didn't know. Kind of saw that coming, didn't we? We called that, didn't we? Huh? We called that. Then again, we referenced people out of New York, but it is what it is. Gonna go ahead and take a quick break. We'll come back. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.